He's right in front of me, and I can honestly tell him that I'm going to knock him spark out. Leaping right hand by the Prince. Ooh. And up hard left. And Kelly's down for the third time. Whoa! He's for real. Unbelievable. For real. One more punch to go. And Cardinal has gone. Bernadette is the champion of the world. Bernadette is the champion of the world. And you're very welcome along to Off the Brawl on Off the Ball. I'm Ronan Mullen, joined as ever by Phil Egan. Andy Lee is on sabbatical this week, so we've got a very capable replacement. Niall Kennedy is in studio. Niall, how are you? Hey, lads, how are you keeping? All good, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't say capable of replacement or replacement. Well, listen, you're uh, you're on trial here. You, Andy has to watch himself. Phil, I think last time we were in, it was just Dublin had just drawn with with Kerry in the All Ireland final, and uh, was talking to five in a row, kind of. Simmering down a little bit. Ah, no. it, was, it was another case of Kerry had their chance in the first day and they blew it. Put Dublin, couldn't put Dublin away. So yeah, 15 on 15 turned out to be a bit of a tougher test for Kerry. Niall, you're a big GA man. What'd you what'd you make of it? Yeah. Um, I I think Phil's right in what he said. That Kerry definitely missed the ball the first day, but Dublin, you can't but be admire him five in a row. It's a fantastic achievement. And, that young fella, like the young lad that scored a goal, even though it was a Merchant, free, yeah. even though it was a free out. See, I've seen a lot of this that he did take way too many steps, but he was being fouled, so I think the ref gave him the benefit yeah, of the doubt. So possibly, yeah. If he didn't, if the ref stopped it, he would have actually just given a free in. Now, yeah. Kerry would argue it would only be a point, but no, I don't think there's any argument. I think Dublin are just the young fellas they can bring in and the panel and just their squad in depth and everything it's fantastic but Paul Gavin's got the Wexford footballers now yeah, so yeah. it's only a matter of time before we please God yeah well he can't do any worse we've been going <laughs> bad so but I there is like the mad thing about we done four in a row in the 60s I think in Wexford like you know it would have been a very strong I played a little bit of under 21 football for Wexford as well and it would have been very strong all the way up along and it's just petered off like I think when Matty and Andy Masterson now we dub you bet us in your first year really, wasn't it? Dublin? Yeah, but I think at the game under Pat Gilroy where it went to extra time mm. and Dublin had a player sent off and obviously when it goes into extra time then there's that ridiculous rule in GAA where you can bring so a player back on. But oh my god. Um, I think my one of my best friends that she was over me fight in Boston, um, Anthony Masterson was in goal that day. Yeah. Didn't have one of his finest moments for Oxford, but um yeah, no, we were unlucky back then. We had a serious team, Red Barry and Matty. Kieran and Ling. Kieran Ling, yeah. yeah. Serious footballers. And the hurlers are flying there. Should have won the All-Ireland now. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I actually do think so. Yeah, I, big look, time. Yeah. Like I I was away, but I was watching it, and I couldn't believe it. I was like, Wexford are five up and a player up. This is unbelievable. Mm. This is going to be Davy's greatest moment. If he could win an All Ireland with Wexford, I don't think it's past him either. No. I'm pleased. He's staying God, on, is he? I, I'm praying that he's then on. Uh, Connor Mack is another very good friend of mine. And he's been saying that he thinks he will, and I, like they've done. There's so much you'd hear outside of it, but what he does to the squad is unbelievable. Like he's galvanised that group of young people, like, yeah. you know, and they are work. Like they they put some effort into that this year. Like so, 
I, I'd love for Wexford, like if you would have seen Gory even the the week before it, like it was just purple and gold everywhere. Like it was brilliant. It was amazing. So and it started livened up the summer a bit yeah. down home as well. Like it was deadly. Yeah, Wexford it's a special kind of fan base. One of my yeah. friends I met her just as I was going into Crow Park again when they were playing Tipperary and she was like she couldn't even speak. She was so like hyped <laughs> up for it. It was so yeah. and what a game as well. But Connor Mack, uh, is he a new age sort of PT or what's his kind of style? He boxed, you see. He won a couple of... Uh, well, he won one on Ireland. He boxed a couple of times. He boxed against England for Ireland as well. Like, so he was a very good boxer under edge, but he just had to make that decision as a chap because like, he he has goals that people wouldn't even see in Ireland. Like, you know, he wants to remember, like, wants to go down in history books. So he had to he had to make a choice and he made it at 15. But sure, he was playing... Or 13, like, but he was playing at 14. He was playing under 16 for Wexford at... 16 he was playing minor and under 21 for Wexford and at 17 he played senior for Wexford like so he was sort of a little like he seems like he's around so long but he's only a chap like he's only a baby he's only 23 like so I don't know he he he's confident that they're going to have a massive year I I think they will and I think the link up with us is more over that we're good friends he knows but he'd come boxing with me a little bit he would have came up to Celtic Warriors a good bit last year and uh, my PT trainer, my, my strength trainer, I, it's not actually PT, it's just strength training I do because I do all my own fitness and Pascal does all my boxing work. Like, so it was just the strength trainer and he offered, he said I'd help you out if the other man's not available. So, you know, I've been working with Ivan Lynch for two years and he's been brilliant, but it was just the thing that he was away, his family were away on holidays and it didn't fit. Like, so mm. that was it. So that's how Connor got involved then. I'd say he'll probably be involved from here on in. There was a bit of crack as well. <laughs> and we were just chatting off air and Isle before we came on about the uh, last time you were in mm-hmm. and uh, it was all looking rosy and then it kind of yeah. inspired a little bit from when you left the studio. Can you just uh, tell everybody a little bit about what happened? Yeah. Andy uh, Lee let the cat out of the bag. Andy Lee, yeah, Andy wasn't supposed to. No, never again. Never <laughs> give him the win on Lotto. Lesson is learned, no. Um, I know it was just... No excuses. I lost on the night, and I won't. I won't say any other reason for. It, but I, I fell on a bit of bad luck. Um, the week before, it was with you. The Tuesday, the Wednesday, I done a strength session at home. Jumped into the car and drove to Dublin to do my last bar on the Wednesday afternoon, and the back just from there on in started getting worse and worse and worse. So it ended up I got the MRI. Well, if I was to do the long story short, I got into the ring. I thought I had it sorted. Me and Pascal had been in the in the sea in Boston a good bit, like trying to get everything ground, get the inflammation down and all, and felt good, doing pads good. And next thing I get in the ring, and something as innocuous as bending over and for the introduction to touch my toes, and bang, my back went into spasm straight away. So, but look, no excuses. It was it was Devin Vargas's night, and. Um, I'd love, I'd I box him for nothing again if I could, but I'd love to get the rematch, but we'll wait and see what happens. Is um, it always in your mind, when you're in Boston, is it in the back of your mind thinking, you know, is this going to flare up again or can I, can I get through it? I'd lie, I, I genuinely, I, I'd lie if I said I didn't. The Wednesday, it started hurting. The Thursday wasn't great, I got physio. The Friday, it was really bad, I got physio again. The Saturday I had organised the physio because I knew I was flying out on Monday, so I got another physio. I'd done a recovery day the Sunday in the in the sea. I I was going to get arrested under the Mental Health Act because it was 
absolutely teeming out of heavens and I was walking around in the sea up to my chest because um, I can't swim. <laughs> but yeah, so and then Monday I done pads with Pascal and we were going to make a call on Monday whether we'd go ahead or not and I done pads and I wasn't a million percent but I felt I could do it and I felt that I'd still a week of rest yeah. that I'd be able to do it so hindsight is a great thing look hindsight now was uh, definitely should have maybe took the put onto a different card maybe or something like that but I trained since March for that and it was the big name that I'd asked for it was what I wanted and it's sparring and everything had went so well even the Wednesday my last part had went well and I just, I don't know, it's, it, I'm 35, you sort of have this feeling that if, these, if you miss these opportunities to go away from you, but hindsight now, maybe I should have took the foot off the pedal and, and took two weeks off maybe, or, or got it sorted because it was a little bit more severe than than had hoped. I got back, I got an MRI and I had um, three bulging discs and one of them was herniated, but the herniated disc is rubbing off a root nerve as well, so... That's obviously what's causing the spasm. So, but we're with a specialist yesterday, and um, he's hoping that he's put me on this program of stretching, and hopefully he's he's trying to avoid any injections and stuff like that because I'm in an impact sport as well. You don't really want injections to numb. You had stuff. problems with your back before. In my life, once, only ever years ago, deadlifting, and that would have been down to bad technique, would have yeah. been doing my own stuff in the gym, but nothing, no, nothing crazy, and this just this just happened, I suppose, it's probably because of being a bit lanky and narrow, maybe, I, I have a little bad lower back, but, um, yeah, it took me by surprise, but, but on, on the night he boxed, I wouldn't say I underestimated him, because I believed that he would... I believe that it was his last chance alone, so he was going to be at the best he would. And he had a fight fixed for September, so I thought he would have been in camp. And now I don't know how serious he takes his camps anymore. You know, that's the other side of it. But I got in the ring; he was very sharp, very elusive. But I still, fe- I, I still feel like I could have stopped him in the third round. Only I couldn't put that final bit of pressure on him because. I don't know if it, you're, you're fighting with, you're sort of holding your breath through on your punches because you're nervous of your own body's reaction, but, oh, look, <laughs> we'll bury you. Um, just as it happened in the ring, because the psychology of it's always so interesting, like, what was going through your mind? Is it all a blur, like, oh, God, this no. before the bell? Like, what were your thoughts <laughs> between that and the bell, first bell? I'd love to say it was a blur, but I could remember every second of it because Pascal has fell out with me over it because I didn't tell Pascal I'd hurt I didn't tell him it went into spasm and all his instructions showed a fight I couldn't carry out like you know we'd worked and asked like if I fight the man again he's going to know any but we'd worked specifically on the left hook because he leans to his right like so it was jab getting one big left hook and Pascal is there throw the left hook throw the left hook in an, in an, probably not as nice as that <laughs> and uh I'm there, I can't, like, and all I'm literally able to do is plod forward, trying to lean on to get a breather, doing little shots and stuff like that, so I come back to the corner after the first was a peter and out round, it wasn't too bad, and the second was a bit worse, but then I come back after the second, and um, he ha- he's putting the stool out, 
and I kicked the stool out of the ring. I should have just said, pass my back is gone, but you don't want to believe it in your own head nearly. You're hoping that it's just a pain or a twinge or something, but I kicked the stool out and he didn't cop it. Then I got, we got, had a clash of heads in the third and he cut me eye, or my right eye, so I'm six foot four, pass is not that tall, and he needed to work on the eye, so I had to sit down. But getting down and up off the stool was probably yeah. harder than any punch I was getting in the fight, you know. Crazy. Comic. And what were Pascal's thoughts after the fact once he knew what went down and what's he, what's he think of that fight and your, your plans from here? Oh, look, he's massively disappointed. He's massively disappointed in me as well because there's a trust thing in a uh, boxer and a trainer which like, I, I have to believe that he will, he'll always have my best interests at heart and I know he does. Um, but he can't look after me as his fighter if he didn't know that. So he was disappointed with me over that. Plus, the other side of it is he could have changed the plan. Like, cause I, we've done a lot in this camp because we thought he'd probably be that little bit slicker than me. Do you know what I mean? So we we were able to step it up into the area. Whereas, in hindsight, now if I'd have sat on his chest, not had that movement, try and block off his movement and just claw shots, which Pascal, we talked about it after. And I just... Yeah, I didn't want I didn't want to believe the back had went and I knew if I vocalised it, then you've admitted it. Yeah. Not out, so I'm an agent. That's the only words. It's my fault. Um, we're confident if we can get him back. If we can get him back, I like I think at twenty percent, well not even twenty percent. I think at twenty percent, I nearly stopped him in the third round. I believe in the fifth, like. He wasn't hurting me, but I can look him. I've only looked back at it once, but looking at it, I, I didn't. I was sort of had my hands down. I wasn't really respecting his punches, and he landed about five or six. The referee, I know, a long time um, stopped it. There's people dying in this sport, so I'm not going to argue with the referee. But if you were to go onto the rule, you can't stop a fight in the last 10 seconds, and there was four seconds left in the round. So, Do you know, so there's loads of little things. and and a bad way of putting it is, but he definitely had emptied the tank, do you know what I mean? So if I'd have got out for the sixth round, I think it would have been a comfortable enough finish out to the fight. You know, my fitness was grand, but it was just, yeah, bad day at the office. Yeah, and we had Jason Quigley in on the last programme, and he's obviously talked so openly about his first mm. defeat and how it's affected his perspective, or just changed his perspective, mm. rather. Has it changed your approach to things at all or it has I'm going to blame Jason and Andy for this that was my 15th fight as well oh the no. boys ran about 15th fight that he lost in his 15th fight and then Jason lost in his 15th <laughs> fight then I go out and lose in my 15th fight but um, different levels the lads lost at world level mine wasn't world level um, no I, if I was beaten and I believe that was because of my ability or because of something I had done in training or I didn't train hard enough it would change my perspective, but you know that that wasn't a true reflection of me because I wasn't even I wasn't even at fifty percent. You know, what I mean, the specialist yesterday said he doesn't he couldn't understand how I even got into the ring. But sure, I got into the ring fine, but it was when it went like you know because he he I asked him yesterday when could I go back training and I'm not allowed to go back training for another two weeks still. Like you know, he said I'm not fit now to train so. Hindsight is great. Look, perspective-wise, I just need to make sure that 
I trained smarter probably. And a lot of my issues is driving from Gorey to Dublin or from Wicklow to Dublin, you know, and being stuck in a car. So I'm going to have me and Pastel are meeting this afternoon. Hopefully. The driver. And you can lie in the back. <laughs> if you've seen what I get paid now. <laughs> uh, get Connor to drive you around. Yeah, yeah. He'd love that. He's uh, a sponsored car. I'll get him to that. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm putting, I'm keeping you busy anyway. I got you to do your top 10 heavyweights, so we might yeah. get to that in a minute. But one man who uh, has claimed to number one in that uh, ranking is Tyson Fury, and he was in action at the weekend, Phil. Didn't probably go quite as he had anticipated or his no, team. That's it. Uh, you know, he, he, the start of the, the, the show that he puts on, you know, he, he comes in to, with the mariachi band and looks the part, gets the crowd up for it, and then gets the, the cut in the, the third round and if if it was any other fighter than Tyson Fury that fight would have been stopped yeah. but because he's Tyson Fury we've seen even in the Wilder fight he was given the benefit of the doubt in the 12th round where he could have been stopped straight away but he got up and saying that at the weekend if it was any other fighter they would have been stopped because that cut was nasty and he's obviously since got his plastic surgery it was two nicks in the end but he still came back and, and won. So I'd say in the days afterwards, he's probably delighted that he's basically fought with one eye and still got the win. But it just shows the fine margins that here you have what we believe to have two fights with Wilder lined up. And you know, regardless of what happens in the second, there'll be a third fight. And it all nearly went out the window because of one punch. Just like... Look, Niall will back us up here that you know we love watching boxing but sometimes this reality kicks in where you realise like the, how brutal a sport it is that it could have been taken away from Tyson Fury yeah like mm-hmm. look he still I'm sure would have got a, a fight with Wilder but it would have put everything on the shelf for for a good few months it's still going to push it back because of the cut but um, Otto Valin has definitely enhanced his reputation people wondering who he was beforehand they know who he is now he was impressive, and there's obviously we always talk about levels, but there are levels within those levels because yeah. uh, Tom Schwartz and Otto Valin have similar records, but the difference in quality was apparent from the first round. Really, what were your initial thoughts, now? Yeah, I I had Valin. How would we pronounce it? Valin. Valin. I had him win the first round, and then I think I had him the eighth and the last round. But I Tyson, I thought won the rest of them, but like it was. It was a beautiful shot that cut Tyson. Um, he did, Tyson, I thought Tyson struggled. I was surprised he didn't switch to Southpaw, to be honest, because I thought he struggled with a Southpaw. He did at one stage, didn't he? Yeah, but he he, and he, was, he, he tends to do it in longer stretches, generally speaking. I think it was it was more of a brief one at the weekend. Mm. Did I but, hear somebody from his corner shout at him to get out of it? Yeah. I was Southpaw? Yeah. I'm not sure, no. Like, you're, you're dead right. That, that fight, for any other fighter, like he's probably the most charismatic charismatic boxer in, in the world at the moment like Mayweather's not boxing so he is probably the name I suppose and if that fight was anyone else to stopped like you know it's, but the first cut was bad the second cut was right under it then yeah. as well it was terrible like so he's, he can count himself lucky for that because it definitely was a punch yeah um, which wasn't initially apparent did you see the yeah, Sunday I think his father came out and gave out a, a, no. he was giving out about his weight as well he, he said weight, about he lost too much weight yeah, and, he reckons it should and be another stone there's a lot of people commenting on Ben Davison training him 
and probably not being at the level he should be. But I actually think if you listen to the fight, I thought Ben Davison's directions and, and instructions were fairly bang on. Like, you know, and he seemed very calm the whole way through it. I don't know about the cutman thing when you've uh, like the cutman didn't seem to have a lot of English, and so maybe that's confusing. I don't know, but I don't. He, he probably has to look at his camp, and if the rumours are as they are, that it's it's a bit jovial and it's a little bit of a mess camp at times. He probably needs to look at that. But that's. Just on your point that Ben was giving him good instructions, but uh, as I've flagged up before, I don't think I think Tyson Fury's calling his own shots. Basically, yeah, I think he yeah. how much respect he has for yeah. what Ben's telling him. They are like chummy. It's not yeah, really. Isn't that what he said though? He has said that nobody can really tell me anything I don't know about boxing. Like Ben Davison has basically been a comrade that they're on this journey together. So those camps seem like they're good fun, mm. but that's what he needs. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, and Ben Davison is the one that got him into shape. He's always going to get... Like, ben Davison is always going to come in for criticism if something doesn't go right for Fury because of his age. And, you know, he's fairly out there as well, like, yeah. so that's going to bring in criticism as well. Like, he's singing too Tyson in the house as well. Like, so. I think Shane McGuigan had similar things thrown at him initially when he had Carl Frampton, and it was seen that Carl Frampton was basically running that ship. But Shane McGuigan has since gone on to prove mm. that he can cut it with George Groves. With David Hay, and then obviously with Luke Campbell a couple of weeks ago. So he's a really good Scottish kid, is it? Oh, Josh Taylor as well, of course. Yeah. Not bad, yeah. So, so he's shown <laughs> he's shown what he what, what he's about. Yeah. Uh, I think Ben will have to do something similar. And unfortunately, Billy Joe Saunders has left that camp, so he Where will be gone now. Back with Dom Ingle. Oh, is it? So they're all going back. Yeah, I don't know. Special case back. Special K, yeah. Ingle as, well. as well, yeah. Nice man. He he was over in Boston. Keith Gallagher was on the card and. Just, he's a nice man in fairness and Jason is very fond of him as well so. yeah and obviously such a storied uh, such a storied name with Brendan and, and whatnot. Mm. but just uh, on the cut as you were talking about there like what do we think of the ethics of that that number one it wasn't stopped because it should have been stopped from a point of view that if it had been anyone else it would have been and also like how happy is Fury he's delighted to get out with the win obviously but like those are really detrimental cuts uh, I think I, I think the, he, the wisest thing is definitely to carry on yeah. if the fight had to be stopped like exactly like what you were saying earlier about the Wilder fight you know, it would have a massive effect yeah, sure if it was a clash of heads that fight would have been stopped yeah. straight away and points and, and, and he just gets points yeah. and he'd be he'd be alright but uh, he was there's no way he couldn't fight on he had no, to he it's had too to. much at stake <laughs> had to like Frank Warren and Bob Aram sitting ringside as well it's going to take some decision from a doctor or a referee it's, yeah. it's easy to say but can you imagine the heat on the doctor and the referee now whether you agree or disagree and that's just the way boxing is at the moment but there's those wilder fights they're too it's too important for yeah. boxing never mind just for heavyweight boxing yeah. it's just like it's the fanfare of boxing at the minute like you know the like I don't. Is there a bigger name in boxing than him? Like? No, and there's also so much pressure now to deliver entertainment-wise, and you know we've seen with all these. Like we're getting more access, we're getting better fights. So the pressure is on these promoters to keep delivering. Mm. Like this, that's Fury's last fight against a lesser-known opponent. Now mm. everyone knows who he is now, but people laughed when they're like, "Who is this guy?" But that was his last kind of chance to showcase himself, get the American, more Americans to know him, and then you, you sell the Wilder fight. So there was just too much at stake that 
he had to he had to yeah. be fighting. Like I, I totally get that um, from an economics point of view, but I think it's detrimental to his his health, and that's going to be mm. that's a huge red flag going forward. That's a, it's basically a bullseye for future opponents. You yeah, well, see what Valine did during the fight, where he actually oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that Wrecked was it, that yeah. was a heel move. That was right in front of the ref, that was and he, nothing was said. Yeah. No, it was just—it was such a crazy. I'd say the referee had all these thoughts going through his yeah, head, yeah. and we should How give. How am I going to get the blood out of my shirt? We should give a shout <laughs> out. Done a good job, actually. To be fair, separate. Weeks, yeah. Bernardo Phil was getting all the plaudits from ah, the ESPN yeah. team. Did you see it on ESPN? It was a uh, the ringside reporter was going around. Um, oh, I think it is. So as everyone assumed it was a head clash initially, but looking back, it probably seemed a bit nonsensical mm. because one of the guys is six foot nine, so we'd have to be leaning right yeah. in, jump into him. <laughs> yeah. But uh, Bernardo, the ESPN guy, went over to Ben he, Davison. He chased, the, he chased the shot at it. It was a punch, didn't he? They yeah, really yeah. did. Like. I don't think Ben knew until he no. was pointed out to him on TV, which is obviously not the best environment to be finding out such a crucial piece of See, in the round he got caught, I think Tyson had said to the referee, would you watch his head earlier in the round? Yeah. He'd went with the head earlier in the round. Like, but come here, Valine, the fair play to him, roughhouse tactics, the work nearly for him, like, you know? Yeah. That gets stopped on a call. He's he's the biggest name in boxing. Then he's the lineal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's it. Like I was saying, <laughs> look at Andy Ruiz. Like, yeah, yeah. That would have been a bigger shock. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, would you? Yeah. But it was ironic that it happened on Mexican uh, this Mexican holiday because it was a real Mexican style fight. And like, just going back to your point, I have to agree that it's done wonders for his market value because we all knew he was a slick, you know fighting the back foot kind of yeah. boxer but he showed he can slug it out when his back's against oh, the wall he's, he's good he has it all I think he yeah, um, he, yeah he bit down on the gumshield massively and, but he yeah there, there, there is times he takes his foot off the gas a bit like yeah. he definitely could have stopped that man I think your man sort of died of death from the 9th 10th and 11th and then he had a resurgence in the last one I, I gave in the last hurt. one yeah. he definitely hurt him in the last yeah. I think he he was saying that himself, Fury, that another round might have been he might have been in trouble, but like it's it's such an interesting one. I'm not sure. Fury, we always say that fighters can fight to the level of their opposition. There's a few people like that where if they're against lowly opposition they underperform. But with Fury especially, because he's got this high twitch style, you saw it against Wilder, he was almost scared. Like he was like every time Wilder moved he was just twitching around yeah. and I think he needs that sort of fear. Probably that fear aspect to the power, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen him in a few fights before where he's got... I remember the Cunningham fight where he got put down. Yeah. And, you know, he was lying on the, the canvas and he almost just smiled and said, didn't see that coming. And then he got up and then... Yeah. Sort of. You know, he, he sprung into action. So it's almost like... Sometimes he needs that, and then the, the real ability. Like we know, the ability is there. Yeah, because we all love the you know the shoulder rolls and all this kind yeah. of stuff. But I think when he's when he's tuned in, knowing that something's coming the other way, he's he's almost at his best. So we'll see that again with the Wilder fight. Yeah. Is there? Are we thinking that's still going to happen on the date that was mentioned? Hard to. The cuts are really affecting. Well, has he got two months? He was told. Yeah. Um, like I mentioned it earlier, you're a top ten heavyweight. Yeah. So this is the moment. This is oh, the moment. Okay. This is gonna. Off the back of the last fight, I probably won't make it myself. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Phil have been arguing about this for a couple of months. Is this right. now the, the, this is, the definitive this off is, the broad well, top the, ten? The, not the definitive, it's my one, I suppose. But um, I've, I've Tyson at one, I've Wilder at two, I've Andy Ruiz at three, I've AJ at four, um, Dylan White at five. I, I really read Luis Ortiz, I have him at six, Pavekin at seven. 
And now here I slash a bit. I've Pulev slash Chazora and I at eight, and I've Kaunaki slash Parker at nine. And then I I probably one that wouldn't be in most people's top ten, but Michael Hunter. At Impressive with the weekend. Yeah, I think he's I think he's not too bad. Like his only loss is to Usyk. So and then I just wrote down that Usyk would be in there if he had fought a heavyweight. Yeah. Definitely, I don't know. You pick your yeah, own. Yeah, no, if, if he got that, if that tackle fight happened, had it yeah. came through, yeah. he will be in there. And then your prospects, like I don't know if you've heard that you there's an FA Ajaja. It's Nigerian heavyweight. He's a powerhouse. He's he's good. I think he, he's going to upset people. Hargovic is a name. Yeah. I I'm, I'm not George Ice's biggest fan, but he's getting the job done. Like so, he's there, and then. Another one that hasn't boxed yet, but was supposed to box, and has only a loss to seek as well as Morak Gassiev, and he's supposed to have stepped up the heavyweight. So, like they would, def- Gassiev and Us- Usyk would definitely be in the top ten if they were active heavyweights. Like, but mm. they haven't boxed yet. So that that's that's my humble. Sounds impression. good. What do you think, Phil? I'm, what about Dubois? I have him in the prospects. Yeah, list, he'll be, he'll I be think working. he will knock yeah. the door. Yeah, but I don't, like. Are we going to see Dubois and Joyce? Is that just a case of if there's too much to lose? I think Joyce is getting on. Yeah. So he needs. He can't really be. Mm. It's a risky. It's a risky fight Whereas for Joyce. Dubois is so young. There's not much in it for Joyce. It would be a good name for Dubois to get in his record. Yeah. I think you'd have to make him a slight favorite at this point. I'd love to see it, but I'd I'd like to see Dubois and Garmin again because yeah. There was stuff going on outside of boxing that had Garmin. Now, look, we all can have excuses for stuff going on outside as well. And boy, I actually think Nathan Garmin. I think he can come again. Yeah, Definitely. and what like he shows his like he didn't box like that against the ball, but he showed against Sean Turner that he can be explosive as well when he sits in the pocket and goes for it. Like he just, I don't know, he it just didn't resemble the net and Garmin that I'd looked at coming up along when he boxed the hallway. So. so is there any matchups in that top ten you'd like to see beyond the, the ones that are already made? Kaunaki. I'd like Kaunaki with anyone in that top ten. He's horrendous to look at. <laughs> he's not he's not a model, like he's not but he is him te- against Andy Ruiz, I see. He is teak tough. I remember years ago watching him box Michael Milani and an Ireland versus USA thing in, in New York and he's just like he's he's mad and he brings that was, I'll never forget, we boxed in a basketball arena. And like he brought about a thousand Polish people to that. Like he's, he's a massive name in New York. Like So he would, I think him and him and any of them would be a great fight. Like I think, I think Ortiz, like you have to think if, I, I, I feel Anthony Joshua will beat Ruiz. Um, How close is that in your head? Is that a, is that a 50-50? No. 60-40? You Joshua a big favourite? Yeah, yeah, I do, yeah. I, but Andrew Ruiz is completely wrong for him, and I said that before the first fight as well, but I just think on the ball, like he, he technically does everything right. Like he just, But he has to maintain that. Like He can't chase it down. Like he has to stay technically at it. I think the beauty of this fight being in Saudi Arabia, and there's not much... In that column, where it's it's not a great venue for it, but there's no pressure on Anthony Joshua to put on a spectacular performance. Yeah, yeah. If he does what he did against Joseph Parker and just boxes for twelve rounds, keeps the shorter man at bay, gets his belts back, yeah. and just says, "Right, that's it. Let, that's, yeah. I'm done with that now." And, and if you think back to the first fight, it was going well. He got the knockdown, 
Yeah, he, l- he looked Ruiz. a little bit out of sorts, though, didn't he? But yeah, he did. Yeah, there was something strange about him. Sorry. Well, like when, Ru- when Ruiz gets knocked down, then he comes out swinging. Yeah. So I wonder what happens in the rematch if Joshua starts well and maybe mm. gets a knockdown. Do you see? Do, I think th- I think there has to be. You said it there. Like there definitely was something was something out of sorts. Like he's in the ring before the fight and he's messing around with his gum shield and his mouth and all. It just. Like and there was rumours and stuff in the change room and all before the fight. Like I don't, he definitely wasn't a hundred percent. There was something wrong. How much does the environment affect you know? Like, is a ring a ring at the end of the day, or are you bring are you paying much heed to what's going on around you? I know a ring's a ring, but like, I hope he he's fairly clever in his training and all. Like, but I I definitely from my own perspective, I've learned for like my two worst performances now have come summertime in outdoor arenas in America. So I'm from Wexford and sunny southeast, but I'm not climatised for American hot weather, I think. Yeah, so humidity probably. Yeah, so I'm gonna have to look at that going forward and stay away from outdoor arenas maybe, you know, and I hope he's prepared for that. Like I'd imagine he is like he he's he's smart, his camp is fairly on the ball, like and everyone gives out about Rob McCracken, but sure I think the GB have six people in the semi-finalists or quarter-finalists today. He's not bad. No, he's a great man. He's a nice man. But if he boxes smart, if he gets into the ring right, that's a 70-30 fight in my opinion. But it's a 70-30 fight against a big puncher small that's explosive and comes up. So I always thought he'd be awkward for him because no big man likes fighting a small man. And I thought he'd be wrong for him. But I just think like what you said when he it's straightforward up till he knocks him down yeah then he starts jumps in right and then he gets bang do you know what I mean so if he stays distance I think it, it could be a bore fest it could be a boring 12 rounds but I'd say Rob McCracken would love a boring 12 yeah, rounds I'd just say he'd take but so, so would Anthony now as well yeah. Right, so. And just while we're on that card, it's in my head that uh, there's rumours that John O'Carroll and Scott Quigg would yeah. be on the undercard, which would be a great matchup for one, and also brilliant exposure for John O if he can yeah. if he can land on that card. So hopefully that does come together. Um, you mentioned Dillian White. You have a number five there. Yeah. I think you, you might remember last time you were in, we were waxing lyrical about uh, Dillian White, a brilliant performance, <laughs> and then I think that backfired on us massively. Five minutes after the show ended, uh, it came, came out. out. Yeah. So it's still up in the air. There seems to be a bit of legal ease around it and he might actually be in the clear but still remains to be seen. Oh, there probably is something messing around though if that, that'll be his second failed test he was banned mm. before as well like so I don't know. It remains to be seen where, where he's going to land. But uh, I don't think he gets suspended whatever happens with him. No, I think he's clear. he could fight now if he wants yeah. to. I was looking at your there was no Jarrell Miller in there and he'll be back soon. He, he's cleared to fight as well. And back in a big fight as well. And he yeah. was caught with, I think, they found more prohibited stuff in his blood than normal blood nearly. Like, you know, <laughs> and you just, you know, you'll hear the commentary, oh, such power from Miller. Where does he get it from? <laughs> or where does he, or, or how does he have this energy? He's throwing yeah. power shots for, for all the fight. For such a big yeah. man. Oh, God. Lucas dead sport. <laughs> like there's some, there's some pundits in the boxing world where, I respect them and I just can't understand how they just have a blind spot around this like with, with certain fighters I don't know but Chisora Parker you mentioned last time you were in a big fan of Chisora oh, yeah, I am a big fan of Chisora yeah. I, I have him back in my top 10 because I don't know I just think he's exciting and he, would you have him as a main event he, yeah I was, no I wouldn't have him as a main event <laughs> on what that a press card. yeah I wouldn't but 
Yeah, he's he's a lunatic. But <laughs> I think that's why people like him as well. Though he, you don't know what to make. Like him and David Hay, like smashing bottles off each other and yeah. everything. And now that was, was, a, a, that was a mad night, was that yeah. the '94 Klitschko and? Yeah. spat water at the other Klitschko yeah. before the fight at the weigh-in or something or no in the ring just as they were oh, squaring off he yeah. just spat water yeah. Yeah. he's oh. mad though he is mad and properly mad like that's, yeah. a, that's a good matchup who do you who do you make favourite in that Parker Chisora Parker will definitely go into the ring favourite but I'd fancy Dor- I, I fancy Dory Chisora on his day against most people to be honest because he's such power like he's, he's dynamic and you can box like he was a good amateur as well, and he just—it's his—it's—it's it's him outside of the ring. What Dorichesora turns up like, you know, and it's hard to know. But like that press conference, I think everyone thought we'd seen this new. I think he's after finding God or something. He said, didn't he? And this new cameraman, and then he flips the lid over and not being main event. So you just—you don't know what to think with him. Yeah, and the juggling of trainers we mentioned earlier in the show, like he's gone from Dave Caldwell's gym already, and they've only been together for two fights. So it's is he back with Don Charles? Or? Not sure. I think that's still he's going to be based in London. Like the the commute to Rotherham wasn't going to work out for either either guy. So I think that's it. Dave Hayes' job is just to keep an eye on him and make yeah. sure he doesn't hurt anyone he or do anything. He gets <laughs> into the gym and does his work. That combination will never not be strange. Just looking at oh, those two odd. coming it's to odd. the ring together. But looking at David Hay when the other lad flipped the lid the other day, like David Hay is nearly afraid beside him. Like, he, how do you turn around and say to Dory Chow, calm down there, Dory? <laughs> <laughs> and we mentioned Usyk earlier. Do you know much about his opponent, Spong? Former no, kickboxer? No. I think he's he's Dutch, isn't he? Or something like that. Yeah, kickboxer as well. So he's a big man. I think he's been in a good few of Tyson's camps, actually. In Tyson Fury's camps, they, they used to. I know Peter Fury um, used they used to have a camp based in Holland at one point. So, we're all, I think we're all just excited to see Usyk make his heavyweight debut, and yeah. that'll be in Chicago. I think tickets are going really well for that. So, I think his future might be in in Britain. Though you saw the reception he got at the Lomachenko yeah. fight, and a lot of that falls back to the 2012 Olympics. Mm-hmm. Well. Like him and Lomachenko and Katie. Out at Olympics were the biggest names coming out of it, like so. Yeah, and speaking of Lomachenko, one man is calling his name, called him, was it Nomachenko? Nomachenko, yeah. Devin Haney at the weekend, who, like, he's all the raw materials, he's still only 20, he's definitely has a big future in the sport, but I don't think, I think Lomachenko's a handful for anybody at this stage. What did we make of uh, Devin Haney there? Yeah, no, like, Dave, it was a strange stoppage, you know, like, he started well, he's, he's just, he does all the, the basics very well and you know his head movement is very good good posture and he is only 20 is there like Lomachenko we don't know how long he's going to keep going for but there's no rush to fight him like let Lomachenko get a few more fights and mm. you know a few more miles on the on the clock and then go for him he is a big he's a big kid Devin Haney so that's yeah. probably their only concern that if he wants to be this multi-weight champion he probably has to get his lightweight belt in the next 12 months so uh, either Lomachenko is going to move up and or move down rather than vacate those titles or uh, he's just going to have to wait around I think, I think the thing with Haney as well looking at it like he, he throws a massive overhand right mm. it's a great shot like yeah. broken man's orbital or something mm. wasn't it but um it's a win-win, like, Lomachenko is a win-win. We look at what um, Lou Campbell done, like, and he was outclassed for the majority of the fight, but he showed great determination. And I don't ever think he rocked 
Um, Lomachenko, I think that was just... Got his attention a few yeah, times. Yeah, yeah. Him up a bit, maybe. Yeah, but maybe the one, was it the seventh or eighth round, where... He stepped back on his foot a little bit. He, he straightened him a bit, all right, but I don't think he ever hurt him. And, like, his stock has risen in that defeat. So maybe Haney is thinking, I'm 20. I get in. Like, if you were to be a matchmaker, would you rather Haney box Luke Campbell? And I think Luke Campbell would probably beat him. And where do you go from there? Or get lose to Lomachenko and you're a massive name off the back of it. Do you know yeah. what I mean? So. That was the fight, I think, so... It, it, they were one and two in the WBC and then Lamachenko WC basically installed him as the, the guy for the vacant title so it was unfortunate that those two didn't actually fight but it's obviously an easier fight to make because they're both with the zone the Lamachenko I think Bob Arman said he'd sooner go to court than take the Haney fight he, they don't want anything to do with Haney either so the, for, for those reasons I don't think that one's actually going to happen we'll switch to the female lightweights in a second because Katie Taylor is uh, moving up the undisputed champ is moving up to 140 but uh, we should mention Amanda Serrano, who was on the Devin Haney card, and impressive. Yeah, it yeah. came out the first round. Like we've talked about this before, if there was three minute rounds, that's done in the first round. Yeah, I thought um, I thought it was going to be stopped even in the, within the two minutes. She just came out, and what's so impressive about her is when she's throwing her punches, the range that she's in, but she's also her feet are planted, so there's such power behind them, and most if not at all apart from Heather Hardy would have, would have been gone mm. I don't know like uh, Heather Hardy is tough tough lady like, yeah. that she was able to actually come back and win maybe one or two rounds after taking that punishment in the first couple of rounds but that's Serrano and even I know we get on to Katie Taylor's next opponent that would be my concern would they have power and they'll might be able they'll be willing to take a few shots off Katie to to mm. walk through a few to throw a few yeah she, like Luda Bella said and granted he's he's a little bit biased but he said she's the biggest puncher pound for pound in women's boxing and it's hard to argue all, off that evidence like she is and, and like she's won three world titles she's won three world titles in three different weights uh, or five world titles in three different weights in the last year and five days um there's my research stuff, you know. It's Andy lead on that. Excellent stuff. <laughs> I hope Andy's watching it um, in France there. But yeah, so, but like the lightest way she's done is at 115, like, you know. So if you're saying, and Katie's going up to 140 now, is she? Yeah. It's a lot of weight there. They reckon at the Serrano fight, they reckon would be 135, wouldn't it? One time. We yeah. saw Amanda was uh, speaking out on social media there because oh, we don't want to get into contracts, but mm. she kind of was under the impression that that fight was going to happen at the end of 2019, and obviously not because Katie's fighting in November. So um, a little bit of back and forth. She, as you said, off air, Niall, she was threatening to go back to MMA because she's yeah. a, a dual threat in that regard. But that's, that fight is going to happen. I think it's been pegged for yeah. springtime in the theatre at Madison Square Garden, which would be a great one, and yeah. all the Irish community would come out for that. So uh, we're all looking forward to that. We should mention, obviously, Katie is making that move up to 140. Phil, you've been doing some research on Well, I just watched, obviously, you know, <coughs> those that wouldn't have seen Leonard Atu, you know, we saw the press conference this week and uh, first of all, like her camp weren't impressed that she doesn't have the option Don't get cute, Phil. of a rematch yeah. <laughs> if she used to lose. And you know, that's, uh, Katie Taylor has all the, everything in her favour because she's the champion. I know Leonard Atta is the champion as well, but what's notice, noticeable about her when she fought Candy Wyatt, um, she stopped her in the sixth round. She just came out and she's got power in her right hand and she, as I say, she's willing to take punches as well. And kind of, 
I wonder is Katie going to get dragged into a war like something similar to McCaskill where like we've mentioned Serrano as well uh, Leonard Atty like Katie's a better boxer than both of them hands down no problem but if she gets into those wars which she seems to love because it shows that she can mix it up that she can technically outbox them and she can mix it with them physically but that would be my only concern that if you get into a war it's going to wear you out and you know we saw that with the Pursoon fight as well like that was if Pursoon had won that would we have would we have had much case for an argument if she was given it to, on points no certainly it was in, close yeah it was split, split opinion certainly um, I take your point totally because Katie's actually quite a small lightweight by mm. all accounts and this is obviously five pounds up so you'd like to hope that she'd be more inclined to stick to her boxing when she knows she's at that weight disadvantage but uh you know, she's still breaking down boundaries, the first woman to ever headline a show yeah, in the UK. Twenty one thousand. Yeah. I think any decision she makes is a fairly smart decision. She's very clever. Yeah. Um she wouldn't have made made this decision lightly. I think she was saying that she, Steve Collins and Cara Frampton are Ireland's only ever two uh, world champions, so that was something she wanted to do. And I I I just think she's probably if she's the most phenomenal athlete this country has ever had. Like so, we shouldn't doubt any decision she makes. And I, you're, I agree with you. She could, like, I don't think there's a female boxer on the planet that can box with Kay. If she boxes everyone, she beats them. But sometimes she gets drawn into that entertainment thing yeah. where she wants to mix. And is that is where is that coming from? Is that her saying I'll show everyone I'm a brilliant boxer, but I can entertain as well? I mean, would would we have a problem if she got her punches away, got out of range, and did that for ten rounds and just schooled somebody? I mean, has she done, has she shown it now though enough that she can go back to boxing? Technically, do you know, yeah, like has she shown that maybe enough now, and she's got people attracted to her, to watching her? So hopefully, she can just go back to boxing. There was rounds in the pursuit fight where they were perfect. They yeah. were exactly what the game plan was, and. She looked incredible, and then the next round, Pursoon kind of drags her in, and then that's where her... I don't know anything about the lady she's boxing, though. I've never seen her, but I've looked at Amanda Serrano a lot, and she's, like, she was very clever against Heather Hardy. Her distance was beautiful, and she's really quick hands. and She threw nearly <coughs> 600 punches as well. And clever, like really nice punches, body, head, yeah. and used her southpaw jab really well. and like I thought she was very clever, but... As clever as she is, she's still not a better boxer no, than Katie and Taylor. Katie would be too quick for her. Too quick, yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's probably the best fight that can be made in women's boxing and it's worthy of headlining uh, an arena like that, so hopefully hopefully it can come together. Um, Anthony Crawler is on that card and uh, bidding farewell to boxing, mm. full stop. And I think while Katie's the headline attraction, he, he'll probably close the show and like it's probably a fitting send-off for someone who's brought so many amazing nights to that, to that arena, so... Uh, one of the nice guys in boxing, he's been on the show a couple of times and you can't deal with anyone better. Joshua Boatsy as well on that card and yes. a bit of a step up. So They're, The man will take them all in his ease. I watched him when I was over at AJ sparring. I, I watched him spar. Oh, what's the big tall cruiser? Um, Akola. And Akola is and a massive huge. man. Like, yeah. right, massive cruiserweight. And... Josh isn't that shit. Joshua Bratzi isn't that big. The man's unreal. Really, yeah? Uh, probably 
the best person I've ever seen for distance in boxing. On, I, I think he's class and they can step him up as quickly as they want or whatever way they want to do it. But the only thing is he's such a nice guy and really is a nice guy, but private fella. Very smart. I think he waited to finish his degree as well. Like he's a he's clever fella. Like. Um, he's just like he he can do what he wants in boxing. Yeah, because we t- we, he came up when we were talking about the Kovalev and Yard fight. Mm. And we're just like, Boatsy, obviously, in that division, like, would he be in a position to fight any of the, the current champions? But it's interesting you say that. I, yeah. I'll, and the Yard surprised me that night. And I don't know if that's Yard boxing well or Kovalev on the come down. Like, do you know? He's got his retirement fight coming yeah. up in November. Same night as the. Uh, this card we're talking about so as you said November 2nd in Las Vegas huge fight for DAZN particularly who need who need one of these big fights mm-hmm. and uh, Kovalev Canelo everyone's picking Canelo it's hard to it's hard to disagree but like he is moving up to 175 and Kovalev's a big unit so big yeah. big, big jump but I think we said it a second ago like Canelo is probably the only other boxer in boxing that could be afforded what Tyson got afforded that week yeah he probably gets even more afforded to him yeah, so Oh, Mexican beef and everything, and, and just take a couple of extra weeks' holidays there. Can yeah. I long come back? Like, so yeah, yeah. If you lose rounds, you still win them, yeah. And uh, this show will be recorded before the, the world championships wrap up, but uh, just a word on the Irish interest, yeah. I, I, I was very encouraged again by Michael Nevin. Mm. I know Andy is a big fan, and it's great, yeah, certainly uh, going in the right right direction. It was, it was a strong performance, like, yeah. The, Kirill Afanasev got bet on a split decision and um, Michael got bet on a split decision. Walsh as well. I thought in Walsh, Walsh was bet on a split, yeah. Yeah, I thought Walsh actually I thought I didn't think it was as close as the judges gave it that day against the the English lad whose name Pat McCormick. McCormick, McCormick yeah. yeah. Um I thought he McCormick was, looks like the real, real deal, deal absolutely. Yeah, very good. But they're twins, and just two twins then McCormick's. So. Yeah. Um, so elsewhere in the Irish scene we should mention this uh, story non-story that uh, Conor McGregor was going to fight Luke Keeler which uh, seems to be nonsense as it seemed to be when we, uh, when we first it's, read it and I think Luke has proved himself now that like why why go and do what he done to Lewis Arias and then come back for a comic fight do you know what I mean he's looking he's looking at the middleweight division like I'd say he's looking at Bubu Andrade yeah. he's looking at other people to see like I can get in there and mix it with these people now so no, Connor is a backward step for Luke. Well, look, money is the most yeah. important thing. That's the other it's side of it. be life-changing, can't it? Yeah, it could, so. could be a nice uh, side attraction for him. But yeah, I think by all accounts, they are negotiating the Android fight, so that would be obviously amazing, life-changing stuff yeah. for Luke as well. So, um, A good fight for him, because we've talked about Android so much that every time you see him, you wait to see what is he going to bring. and mm. he, flattering to disease. Yeah, he, like he wins comfortably without being spectacular. He's raved about in America, though, so I don't know whether it's gym stories or what it is, yeah. especially in Boston, and I know he's from, he's from Providence. Providence, yeah, yeah. But, uh, like, Mark DeLuca and all, and they said he's, he is the real deal, but I think it is a thing that he's never shown his yeah. full game. Well, that's it, maybe some... Was some he a world race? amateur champion as well? Oh, yeah. Some oh, night he could get pushed, and then yeah. we see the best of him. Yeah. But... Who's going to do it? I suppose mm. Billy Joe Saunders is probably, that fight could be resurrected now that they're both with Matchroom, so mm. that might be a good fight, although, again, that 
could very much a chess match and yeah, might suit either guy. So I don't think it'd be a viewers fight. No. Um, I think that's pretty much our lot. Any other any other bits of business, Phil? No, I see Jaime Munguia won over the weekend as well. Former champion Jaime Munguia. Yeah. Unfortunately, he's that's his last fight at 154, I think, by all accounts. Yeah, it doesn't. So like Dennis that. won't get three matches. It doesn't look like it. There was talk a couple of weeks ago about Dennis against Charlo, but that it going up to middleweight, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. Like obviously he's fought at light heavyweight before, but he's still a small light middleweight. It's a, it's a different. It's a difficult one. But uh, yeah, and he 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 looked brilliant against Mungia. Yeah, so. he was class, wasn't yeah. he? Yeah. It'd be nice to see him get get something off the back of it, but yeah. the longer it goes on, now he won't, I suppose. And we'll, we'll leave the last word to you, Niall. So, tentatively, are, are yeah. we expecting to see you back oh, at the end def- of this year, or what are you thinking? Um, definitely be back, and hopefully next two weeks there'll be good news and I can get back training properly. But I'm, I'm scheduled to fight once more this year, and I definitely won't be finishing my chapter on that story anyway. So, um, get back, get back winning. And, oh, I'd, love, I'd love if Devin Vargas done me a favour and got back in the ring, but... We'll wait and see what happens. Yeah, and we'll absolutely have you back in when that fight gets announced. Thanks a million for Thanks joining us, Niall. I'm a expert when the, the other Ireland. I'll be back in that day as well. More to the point. <laughs> uh, thanks to producer Tom as well, and thanks to everybody for tuning in. We'll be back next week. A hungry feeling came o'er me stealing. All the mice were squealing. In my prison cell And the old triangle When jingle, jangle All along the banks Of the Royal Canal To begin the morning the screw was ballin', get up your bowsy and clean up your cell. And the old triangle went jingle, jangle, all along the banks of the Royal Canal. Legs were sleeping. Humpy Gussie was peeping as I lay there weeping for my gal Sal and the old triangle. When jingle, jangle, all In the female prison There are 75 women And among them I wish I did dwell Then the old triangle Could go jingle